Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pregame meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Good, Andy. I mean, I uh, played soccer for three hours yesterday, so my, my body is, is kind of killing me right now. Oh, three hours, man. That's a lot. You know, I played for an hour and a half last week. I sprained my ankle. Did I tell you that? Oh, yeah, you did. You did. I was out. Okay. Uh, it's going well. I'm, I'm close to coming back. I've been doing some, like, rehab while I'm in the clinic. I'm almost done with my second clinical. I got, like, a week and a half left, and then that's oh. a wrap. And then, and then that's it. And then you go to the real world. Oh, no, no. I got one more. I got one oh, more. Okay. So 12 more weeks and then that's it for me. I can't wait for you to actually get out, man, and see, see how it is. I real can't life wait PT either. is a little different than school PT. I'll tell you that. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll you can start questioning everything you learned. Uh, okay. Well, uh, today we have a, a very special episode. For the first time in a while, we have a guest with us, yes, uh, sir. Cody Mansfield, a physical therapist at Ohio State. Um, he works a lot with soccer players, and he's also working on his PhD. Um, Cody, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners so we can learn more about you? Great. Um, Andy and Berg, thank you for having me on uh, the podcast. just want to say that... <clears throat> If, um, if I were still a competitive soccer athlete, I would have loved to listen to this podcast because there's such great information on it that um, I didn't have when I was kind of going through the competitive circuit. But Thank you. Um, um, yeah, so my name's Cody Mansfield. I'm a physical therapist in the sports medicine department at the Ohio State University, and I'm training to become a clinical researcher in clinic. I treat anyone from your high school athlete to your grandma and everyone in between. Uh, I'm very passionate about soccer. I've started a soccer-specific rehab program at OSU, and uh, we're looking to really grow that program. As far as my soccer career goes, I played for about 10 years on a competitive club soccer team. Uh, I played at the D1 level and D3 level in college, and now I'm a weekend warrior and just play every Sundays, mm -hmm. every Sunday. But um, I That's do kind have, of uh, the extent of my soccer career, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on the podcast. I do I have go, to go ask ahead. you this. So um, you said the Ohio State University. I know that's y'all's thing, but what exactly, like, yeah, how what long does it? does it take you to uh, to kind of make that your thing when you say the Ohio State? For for me, it took about a year to fully embrace it. <laughs> yeah, what what is that? Because um, you know, when I when you watch um, when you watch NFL. And you see the cameo of the guy introducing themselves, the offensive line, the, 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 the offense. And they were like, 
so and so and so the Ohio State of what what is there many Ohio State University? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know what's funny is they've started selling hats at uh, at football games and whatnot for OSU where uh, it just says the in all caps uh, <laughs> on, on the hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's I think it's a big uh, community thing where everyone's uh, I don't know, just proud of Ohio State. Uh, it's a it's a weird thing. I'm not sure why they they capitalize it. You know, <laughs> but once you do, you don't go back, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't have a good reason. So that was kind of your soccer career. Can you walk us through a little bit how you became a physical therapist? Yeah, you, you know it's funny. I I've had that question uh, a few times this is past week from patients and uh, I keep telling them that if they were to ask any of my colleagues, they would say, oh, I, I got injured and then I went to be treated by a physical therapist and I found out my passion that way. For me, it was just a, a love of uh, sports and, and exercise and kind of that sports science. And uh, I kind of just fell into the career of physical therapy because I like that it, it kind of integrated critical thinking and exercise and just seemed like a really good fit for me. And, uh, and during my undergraduate degree, I got, I had the opportunity to work with athletic trainers and physical therapists and being exposed to both of those professions. I, I went more the physical therapy route, but um, seeing what, what, what those individuals do, it kind of led me to go that way. So um, yeah, that's kind of my path, uh, as far as selecting it, but yeah, after I got my, um, after I got my undergraduate degree, I went to physical therapy school, uh, knew early on that I really liked orthopedics and sports medicine, and then, uh, after graduating from PT school, uh, that's when I went to Ohio State University, and I went to their, uh, orthopedic residency, and then their orthopedic, uh, manual physical therapy fellowship, and, haven't left since so uh really like working in an academic health center how long is that how long is the the orthopedic residency so at ohio state it's a little bit longer than most uh residencies it's 16 months and it's kind of like a as far as residencies go it's kind of like a triple threat you get um uh you get mentored by uh by expert physical therapists you get the opportunity to teach physical therapy students and you get the opportunity to perform a research project, which research projects just take so long. And I'd say that's probably a big, it's probably a big challenge to residencies that are only 12 months is that to really finish a project, I feel like oftentimes it takes longer than, than that 12 month, month period. And it's kind of nice too when you have that 16 months of time because it allows you to get settled in where for some of those shorter residencies, I feel like you're getting there, you're, you're integrated and then you're already looking for the next step of where you're going to be afterwards. So I'm biased though. Okay. I can say that you like school very much. I couldn't, once I got to like second year of PT school, I couldn't wait to just get out. I yeah. Like, right. No, I can't, I can't sit in the classroom anymore. Oh my God. Like I forgot how much I hated this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. The the nice thing, uh, at least now with my PhD training, I get to kind of pick and choose what I want to do, oh, <laughs> and, nice. uh, and kind of pick the pick the classes I, I'm really interested in, and not take the ones I'm not. But 
Hmm. So that's somewhat helpful, but by, cool. by, by here, yeah. So Cody, one of the biggest reasons we wanted to get you here on the podcast is you've seen um, youth soccer training, you've seen collegiate soccer training, you've even seen it at a higher, more professional level. Um, we kind of walk through each of those steps there and see what key things we can see um, out of each age range. Um, so why don't we start with the youth soccer level? Um, what are two to three key things that they do in training that you feel like every athlete should know about? Right. Um, you know, and, and my advice might be more from, uh, you know, my experience as, uh, as a youth soccer athlete and, and then treating, treating these individuals in clinic. But, um, you know, I think fitness and strength training are obviously a big component. Um, I know you've had you've interviewed a few people on, on the pod um, that really advocated that, and I would I would agree. Um, I also think balancing the uh, <laughs> balance as a whole. So if we break that down, I think both balancing time with practice and school, but helping these individuals gain appropriate movement patterns and neuromuscular control. And to me, finding the right coach at the right time. So I've been um, playing playing soccer for as long as I. Uh, as I have, I've seen, I, I've been on teams where the, the coaches really enhanced my confidence, my skill set, and, and I've been on teams where I felt my confidence just get zapped and my, my play kind of suffer. And, and for me, I was always very loyal to, to the team, never, never left. And, you know, there's certain teams where I feel like it probably would have been in my best interest to go and find a, a better situation for me. Um, so that's, that's tough to say when, you know, especially us physical therapists, we're very team oriented and very like mm. team player. But I, you know, I think uh, when you're at that youth level, your development's so important. And if you're just not meshing well with uh, the team or the coaching dynamic, you know, it's okay to find a different situation. Um, it's kind of my broader advice, but um, uh, those are kind of things I see at the youth level. Uh, you know, when I was playing soccer, I was on a on a club team and uh, right before I went to college, they transitioned from being a club team to an academy team. So when I was playing <clears throat> on the club soccer team, I was doing club soccer and high school soccer, which now I, be I believe if you're on an academy team, you're only doing, you're only playing for the academy. You're not doing both. But the, for me at the time, that was probably a little bit too much and I probably could have balanced things a little bit better. So that was a lot to unload on you guys. I don't know what you, what, what you guys feel like, uh, what your take is on that info for you soccer players. Um, there's a question I had in mind. It, it's, it's about this. I have a friend I work with and he's a coach and he, he's always angry about the system in America. And he was telling me about how they're trying to get the, because in Europe, when you, when you, if you're looking at the development, you know, they focus a lot on technical skills early on. So like you said, um, just this neuromuscular pattern, right? Just how to pass correctly, you know, proper body control, um, how to shoot properly, you know, the technical aspect of the game. They, they teach you that early on because that's when your brain is just ready to absorb all of that stuff. But now in the U.S., it seems like there's this thing where they, they just they don't teach the kid anything. That's what my friend was telling me. He said they don't 
They don't want to teach them any technical skill. It says give them the ball and let them play. And apparently that's, that's been implemented or not now. And I want to know what you, what you think about that. <laughs> well, it's very interesting to hear because at least on the, the club team that I was on, um, yeah, that, that wasn't the case. We spent a lot of time on technical skills, but um, um, I, I guess there's uh, different levels of youth soccer, isn't there? Like, um, yeah, probably the more recreational type youth soccer than the more competitive based as well. Um, but yeah, that I, I think there's probably a combination of both of making sure the, of, of making practice and practices and games fun and not burning out these youth athletes too quickly but um but yeah i i came more from the thought of or more from the training scheme of really working on technical skills early on so um but yeah so i'm not sure about that okay and i guess i kind of wanted to ask about the um the whole juggling time thing because some of these kids man they are so busy between one or two soccer teams and they're playing basketball that overlaps and they're taking AP classes, this and that, and then they play an instrument and they got a girlfriend. How, like, what advice do you have to all of these players, you know, that are going through all these things that are super busy to, to balance time? Right. Um, it's tough, you know. I, I think if you don't do it right, there's going to be some aspect of your life that's going to suffer. I think um, – for me, probably at the time, all I cared about was soccer and my girlfriend, <laughs> and, uh, didn't, and I didn't become academically inclined until my junior year of high, uh, of high school. Um, but, but yeah, it's a challenge. I, I say you got you got to know yourself, and you got to know uh, what your goals are. And um, for me at the time, all I cared about was playing college soccer. Um, so I, I probably should have spent less time with my girlfriend and more time with my studies. And um, and more uh, more time practicing and, and working on fitness and strength training. Uh, you know, for for those youth soccer players out there, I'd say, you know, start to create your goals. Where do you see yourself uh, in the next step, and what do you need to what do you need to do to to get there? And you know, are you doing the things right now to put yourself in that situation? And just going back to what your why is and what your what your goals are. Um, but yeah, if it's if you don't balance your time appropriately, you might not be successful later. So uh, I've seen I've seen the other side of the spectrum where the kid absolutely hated the sport and they, they didn't have any time with their friends and they'll they'll be injured and come to the clinic and you could tell like the parents is forcing um the sports on the kid. And it's usually one of those kids that's just really good. <laughs> And mm-hmm. they just they just want absolutely nothing to do with the sports anymore because they don't have time to hang out with their friends. And then you can see the parent pushing. It's like, can you play tomorrow? Can you play tomorrow? I'm like, lady, um, he, he just sprained his ankle like yesterday. <laughs> it's like he's going to be able to play a full game the next day. And then the kid's yeah, looking I... at me like, please, please <laughs> tell, her, tell, her, tell her to stop. Yeah, I, I've seen that situation and I've seen the situation where the, you know, the patient isn't that good at soccer, but the parent's still pushing. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's a good point. Uh, you know, trying to educate the, the kid, uh, the, the, the patient and the parent that, 
you know, not that many people make it, not, not that many people get a college scholarship and not that many people make it on the professional level that we got, you know, got to focus on the, the health piece first and, and the, in the injury prevention aspect of it and really returning the, returning the person to the best spot they can be. Cause I mean, you just don't want them to sustain an injury that fets them into their twenties and thirties because they didn't, because they were too eager to get back to the field when they were younger, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> so that was a good kind of overview of, um, youth soccer training and advice for that but you know you also have experience at the college level so what are some key things that college players should keep in mind while um, while they're training yeah this you know the college level um <laughs> it, it could depend on what level you're at but I'll, I'll tell you from my experience um I had the opportunity to go to a D1 institution as a 17 year old from, for my freshman year. And, um, and I was, only, uh, I was a science major, whereas most of the people on the team were <clears throat> business or communication majors. And I feel like I could have had some better academic advising because here I was a 17 year old going up against people as old as 22, 23, trying to, to make a spot for myself on this team. And yet, right when I got there, I was responsible for a chemistry course that was huh. uh, five, five credits. And it's like, the, and, and at the time, I, I told my advisor I wanted to be pre-med and all this stuff. But, but really, um, you know, I was just so young and then add this incredibly hard uh, science course to my first semester of college, it, it just did not put me in a good spot um, to really succeed on that team. And, you know, so this goes back to kind of the same thing for the, for the college athlete as a youth soccer athlete, make a plan for success with class and soccer. And um, I really wish I would have taken a lighter load that first semester. Um, because it was really tough for me to balance that time. Um, another aspect, you know, the D1 level, it's really nice because you have so many resources, but we had an athletic trainer walk us through uh, nutrition and things like that. Uh, that was probably a big missing piece for me when I was playing in college, uh, college soccer because you, you think you're kind of invincible and you're like, well, I um, – practice for like four hours today i'm gonna go eat nachos i'm gonna go uh you you just don't you just don't care and uh i can remember uh when i was playing division three soccer (laughs) the night before a game we we were traveling and had to play someone in illinois i think or something like that and no one on the team had had white castle um burgers before (laughs) And, and we thought it'd be a lot of fun to go try it so Literally the night before uh, the game, we uh, went to a White Castle, had some burgers, some shakes, and then we were playing a game the next day. <laughs> oh, jeez! Um, so not 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 the best meal plan, but uh, yeah. So uh, as I look back on my college career, I'd say those are some two main factors. Also, during the off season, <laughs> make sure you do the fitness program that your strength coach actually gave you, and you don't just slack off. Um, cause when you come back, uh, that spring semester, 
your coaches will know if you did it or not and you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll really suffer. So, um, yeah, make sure you, uh, don't slack during the off season. You're actually working on making those improvements. College, college level is, um, it's usually when some of those kids get like, like a rude awakening. Cause it's like, it, it's, it's sort of like you go from like the, the, the small, really small league. And then you go into the big boys league now where it's like you playing a lot more games than you're accustomed to. You have to balance really. And most of the, and usually on those time, like people, people leave on campus, you know, they, you know, they're responsible for themselves. They have no parents to look over their shoulder. Now you have to manage multiple games, training all the time and taking, God forbid, organic chemistry classes. It's just, it, it's the, the discipline really come into picture here when you, when you become a college athlete. Um, talk to me a little bit about one other thing I, I had really trouble with um, as a college student is sleeping. You know, you're playing all those games and you're training all the time. You know, how is sleep usually when you're doing those times? Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a funny question because it's, it's a challenge, right? Because um, uh, m- most times uh, you, you have to wake up super early in the morning to, do, uh, to go weight training. Whereas, uh, you know, perhaps uh, some of your peers who aren't student athletes, uh, you know, their, their week is kind of winding down uh, for Thursday night to go, to go hang out with their friends in the evening, right? Um, I, I remember, uh, my roommate and I, we would be in bed early on a Thursday night and we'd look out our window and we'd just see people, you know, go, getting ready to go party or something like that. And we're like, well, we got to wake up early in the morning. <laughs> um, but, uh, sleep, sleep can be challenged. And then and this goes back to balancing your time, right? You know, you have to wake up early to, to go train, the uh, go weight training or go to the soccer soccer pitch and sometimes at least for me I was staying up late working on on homework so huh. yeah sleep, sleeping can be uh can be tough the reason um, I ask this question is just it, it pertains a lot to recovery because sleep is like the major part in recovering from training and games and when I was in in school at UMass Lowell <laughs> Like the soccer team used to throw the most parties. Like it doesn't matter. It's just Thursday night, they on. Friday night, they on. Sunday night, they on. And I'm like, how do these guys just keep winning every time? <laughs> they just, <laughs> just always partying. Yeah, and I, I think when you're at that level, you're you're young enough, and you you're, you're training so much, you 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 don't prioritize sleep, nutrition, and those are little things that. So let's say if you're a bubble player on the team, you're trying to get that competitive edge, uh, you know, you could really work on, on those pieces to maybe get one up on your peers. Do you have any advice for, um, for, I guess, high school athletes when it comes to the recruiting process? Ooh. Yeah, you know what? The, the recruiting process is tough i mean I, I must have sent out so many emails to different coaches and you know the coaches are receiving um tons of emails from from recruits um <laughs> I, gosh i remember that was a, such a challenging time because you're just trying to do everything you can to get recruited to play college soccer and um you know fun, funny enough i um yeah i had sent out so many emails i had 
I had one opportunity to play at the D2 level in, in Colorado. Um, the one scholarship offer I, I, I got was for um, a local college um, that was an NAIA school, but because they were in my hometown, I, I didn't want to go there and I want to go elsewhere. Um, but, but kind of funny, the one reason I got recruited to, um, to this D1 school was because uh, there was a scout watching our team, uh, not a scout, but actually the head coach. And uh, my dad went over to him and offered him a Gatorade and they just started chatting. And then, um, and then literally I, I got into a hard tackle with a, with a player. And uh, when I got up, I, I helped the player up and, um, uh, and shook his hand and then we got going. And, uh, and I essentially got recru- recruited based on uh, athletic ability and moral fiber. <laughs> um, the, the, the coach uh, really liked that I had good sportsmanship and, um, and I was a hard worker on the team. So that, that was kind of my opportunity. So I have to thank my dad and uh, doing the right thing at the right, right time on the pitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a challenge to get recruited to college soccer. There's a, there's a lot of competition, a lot of talented players. And uh, I think the, the best thing is perseverance. Uh, try to go to uh, uh, the colleges. Uh, you, you, usually the, the soccer programs, they offer some kind of camp that you can attend and try to do your best there. And uh, try to get out of your own head and just play for the fun of the sport. Uh, that always helps. I feel like when, whenever I knew a scout was watching, I played worse. <laughs> so just uh, <laughs> just relax and just play for the fun of, fun of the game. So that was really good advice that we've seen at the youth and the collegiate level. Um, what kind of successful training habits have you seen that have worked um, across all levels between youth, collegiate, and professional? Yeah, that's a, that's a challenging question because all can be uh, very different, uh, different athletes. Um, really, I'd say adherence to um, the training programs that, that your uh, strength and conditioning and, and healthcare professionals have have advocated for you or even those re- really good coaches who are really, um, really knowledgeable on it. You, if you look at, uh, at the professional level or, you know, you can work your way down to college and, and youth athletes, adherence to training programs is huge. Uh, <laughs> and let me rephrase that a lack of adherence is, is probably a, a big issue. And you, you see it in a lot of the journal articles that report, uh, on, uh, let's say per prevention type exercises for soft injury, soft tissue injuries for professionals and college athletes that oftentimes adherence is a big problem. So just doing the right things at the right time is a, is a big thing to, to me. And uh, now as a weekend warrior, I mean, if you can get any of my teammates and myself included to, to warm up properly <laughs> and, uh, and, and use some kind of strength training, uh, that, that's a big win. But uh, yeah, adherence to doing the simple stuff, the the basics. So proper warm up, uh, proper strength training, and you're you're gonna set yourself up to be successful. A lot of the time, it's just the the the, the marketing aspect because they 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 market as that injury prevention and any sort of like really competitive guy, they they don't want to bother with that at all. But if you frame it as as a, a perform 
performance base um again you get you know and people yeah that's that's an excellent point i think we need we need to like change the way we we market um just rehab in general for like those competitive athletes because they just think only when i'm injured can i seek those those services when it's really not yeah i think reframing it that it's more to enhance performance and and really if you let's say you sustain one of these muscle uh, muscle strains that are very common soccer athletes like a hamstring strain you, you might be out as you know for at least 30 days is what the research is showing and and even more uh with the the greater severity so um you know you'll you'll be out of the game um, 30 days i was out for two months the last time i got a hamstring <laughs> injury <laughs> yeah right um um, so how do you kind of, um, when it comes to coaches, help to shift the culture in terms of actually implementing things like a weight training program and doing a proper warm-up and things like that? It, it's really tough. Uh, for OSU, we're, we're becoming more flexible with our outreach programs where, you know, we'll, we'll meet the demand of the team. So if they only have a certain amount of time to allocate to us for training, you know, we'll, we'll go with it kind of thing and, and try to maximize that time. Um, every team's different. I think it's just tough to, um, to, to have a team adopt those principles and, and resources could be a big factor for that as well. Uh, through our soccer rehab program at OSU, we're, we're starting to have more educational sessions with, um, with coaches specifically and that, that's one way we're trying trying to outreach and if they don't have the resources to let's say uh, a, a weight training facility teaching them more strength training that they can do on the field that could be really beneficial nice cool cool so as we're kind of wrapping up here if you could give one piece of advice to soccer players around the world um regardless of age range and age level things like that, what would it be? Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I think if you're unhappy on a team, don't be afraid to leave and find something that's a better fit for you. Um, yeah, I think, again, like I said earlier, I think we, we tend to be very loyal to certain teams, but if it's not working for you, don't be afraid to, to search elsewhere. Okay, cool. Nice and simple. I like it. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much, Cody, for coming on. Where can we find yeah, you if we have you. any questions? Uh, so, uh, email is uh, really good to, to reach me or I'm also on Twitter. So, um, my email is, uh, cody.mansfield at osumc.edu. And, uh, my Twitter handle is at Mansfield Cody. Cool. Nice. Well, right. Cody, thank you so much yeah, for thank coming you on. so much for your time, man. Yeah, thank you guys for the opportunity. This is uh, great stuff you guys are doing. So looking forward to listening to future episodes. Cool. And we will see you guys next week.